Section 14 of Guelphs and Ghibellines by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 11. The Visconti, Cardinal Albornoz, Death of Rienzi, Emperor Charles IV, Part 1. We must now retrace our steps a little to the year 1350, in which Giovanni Visconti, archbishop of milan had succeeded to the power and possessions of that house matteo visconti the founder of the greatness of the family had left four sons galeazzo lucchino giovanni and stefano galeazzo left a son azzone who was lord of milan from thirteen twenty eight to thirteen thirty nine after azzone's death galeazzo's brothers followed in succession lucchino reigning from thirteen thirty nine to thirteen forty nine and giovanni the archbishop from thirteen forty nine to thirteen fifty four stefano the fourth brother had died in thirteen twenty nine before the death of galeazzo stefano left three sons matteo bernabo and galeazzo and amongst them after the death of the archbishop the great inheritance of the visconti was divided the Visconti now took the place of the Della Scala, as by far the most powerful of all the houses of the Lombard Plain. Giovanni held the lordship of sixteen flourishing Italian towns, Milan, Lodi, Piacenza, Borgo, San Donino, Parma, Crema, Brescia, Bergamo, Novara, Como, Vercelli, Alba, the town in which Lionel Duke of Clarence died alessandria tortona pontremole and asti not content with this dominion he did his best to increase his possessions bologna once the property of the holy see was governed at this time by the family of pepoli who had been placed in that position by the guelph party in the town they were induced to sell bologna to the ghibelline archbishop giovanni visconti for the sum of two hundred thousand florins reserving to themselves the possession of certain castles the bolognese were indignant at thus being transferred and they exclaimed in their dialect noi non volemmo essere vensi we will not be sold the pope clement the sixth threatened the archbishop with excommunication he also summoned him to avignon to answer for his offence but he contrived to escape by an original device he sent one of his secretaries to avignon to make preparations for his arrival the secretary began to hire all the vacant houses in the town and in the neighbourhood and to provide everything for the provisioning and lodging of his master the pope began to be alarmed and inquired what suite the archbishop was intending to bring with him the secretary replied that he had been ordered to find lodgings for twelve thousand horsemen and six thousand footmen besides the milanese noblemen who were to accompany their lord he had already spent he said forty thousand florins in preparation the pope preferred the room of such a visitor to his company dispensed with his attendants and accorded him the investiture of the fief of bologna for the sum of a hundred thousand florins the possession of bologna naturally brought the archbishop into conflict with the florentines who notwithstanding their internal feuds and dissensions 
were the steady and persistent friends of the guelph cause and of liberty in modern days the railway from bologna to florence following as railways generally do the main lines of ancient communication crosses the apennines by the pass of la porretta and comes down upon pistoia it then runs up the valley of the arno and reaches florence through the town of prato when the florentines had driven out the duke of athens after a severe struggle the cities which had been subject to them renounced their allegiance to the mother state and both pistoia and prato ceased to belong to them prato they again acquired by purchasing the rights which joanna of naples was supposed to possess over it through her father the duke of calabria pistoia they estranged by attempting to seize it by a coup de main the archbishop who had made an alliance with the little ghibelline lords who surrounded in different directions now sent an army to attack pistoia under the command of giovanni visconti d'oleggio the florentines had just time to throw a garrison into the town oleggio was unable to take it and contented himself with laying siege to the castle of scarparia in the mugello after the retreat of oleggio in the autumn of thirteen fifty one the florentines formed a close league with the cities of arezzo perugia and siena thus forming what in modern phraseology might be called a strong quadrilateral for the defence of guelphic interests the allies first applied for assistance to the pope who was the natural defender of the guelphs but clement the sixth as we have seen had already made his peace with the archbishop and confirmed him in the possession of bologna they then in despair betook themselves to the emperor charles the fourth although it was strange that a guelphic league should call upon an emperor to defend them against a ghibelline confederacy supported by a pope charles the fourth was the son of john king of bohemia of whom we have already heard so much and therefore the grandson of the great emperor henry the seventh of luxembourg he had been elected by a portion of the electors in thirteen forty six by the influence of pope clement the sixth who declared ludwig of bavaria incapable of reigning he was not at first generally recognized in europe and was satirized by the ignoble name of pfaffenkaiser the emperor of the priests his father john was as we know killed at the battle of crecy on august twenty sixth thirteen forty six upon which charles became king of bohemia the rival emperor ludwig died on october eleventh thirteen forty seven and after the anti-papal party had in vain tried to discover a candidate to represent them in the person of edward the third of england and others charles was generally received as emperor he is considered to have been a very good king of bohemia but is accused of sacrificing the general interests of his empire to the special interests of that particular province charles did not at that time accept the invitation of the guelphic allies but the archbishop was not unwilling to make peace and he was probably incited to take this course by the death of pope clement the sixth and the accession of innocent the sixth he therefore concluded the treaty of sarzana in the spring of thirteen fifty three on the basis of the status quo that is the mutual restoration of all conquests 
another reason for making peace lay in the acquisition of genoa which we have already mentioned and the consequent embroilment of the visconti with venice three events now claim our attention which are closely connected with each other the enterprise of the condottiere chief fra moriali at the head of his mercenary troops the mission of cardinal abernoth to italy on behalf of the pope and the return of cola di rienzi to rome fra moriale more properly fra montreale de albano was a provencal nobleman by birth and a knight of st john of jerusalem he had been as has been already mentioned in the service of charles of durazzo and of lewis king of hungary and after his departure had remained in italy and got together a company of adventurers who were no better than a band of organized brigands his first exploit was undertaken against the malatesta of rimini who were partisans of queen joanna malatesta after vainly invoking the aid of the guelph quadrilateral was obliged to buy him off mercenaries from all parts of italy joined his standard and he also received reinforcements from germany the few allied guelph cities attempted to oppose him but he sowed dissension amongst them and the people of perugia were the first to make peace with him the sienese did the same and persuaded him to leave the territory unscathed by the gift of sixteen thousand florins pisa and florence made a certain resistance but they soon found it more convenient to follow the example of the other republics in july thirteen fifty four they made a treaty with him by which in consideration of a large payment they secured immunity against attack for two years fra moriale led his troops into lombardy where they were engaged to help count lando a german who was fighting in the service of venice against the archbishop giovanni visconti we shall follow the exploits of lando before the close of this chapter cardinal egidius albernoth was a connection of the royal family of castile he had been made archbishop of toledo in early youth and had fought valiantly against the moors after the death of alfonso the eleventh he betook himself to the papal court and was made a cardinal by clement the sixth innocent the sixth now chose him as the fittest person to rescue italy from the condition of misery into which it had fallen and to re-establish the authority of the pope at rome albornoth was well received by giovanni visconti at milan and entered florence in october thirteen fifty three he was accompanied on his journey by cola di rienzi who now reappears on the scene we have already narrated how rienzi escaped from rome in december thirteen forty seven he first sought refuge in the neapolitan territory at the court of king louis of hungary but when that monarch suddenly quitted italy the tribune went to genoa to place himself under the protection of the emperor charles the fourth the emperor who did not inherit the chivalrous spirit of his father john delivered up rienzi to the pope at avignon where he was imprisoned the friendship of petrarch probably saved him from death and innocent the sixth thought that he might be of use as a coadjutor to cardinal albernoth in his mission to rome the states of the church were at this time occupied by a number of petty tyrants who established themselves in the different towns whilst the colonna and the orsini contended for the possession of the capital itself 
the first important duty which fell upon the cardinal was to crush giovanni called il prefetto di vico who occupied a castle on the slopes of the monte cimino and was lord of viterbo orvieto and many other towns he engaged in the siege of viterbo and received the submission of vico with the approbation of the roman populace who put to death francesco bonarotti whom they had elected tribune in imitation of rienzi albonoth now dispatched rienzi to rome giving him the title of senator he entered the city on august first thirteen fifty four under triumphal arches he made an eloquent oration to the people in the capital formed his government made the brethren of fra Moriale captains of his troops announced his elevation to florence and received ambassadors from the surrounding towns but rienzi had no soldiers nor money with which to accomplish his difficult task he was much changed in appearance since the time of his early triumphs he drank too much and had grown very fat his face was spotted like a peacock and his eyes shone with a feverish fire the colonna took refuge in palestrina the orsini and marino whilst rienzi was engaged in the siege of palestrina fra Moriale came to rome counting on the influence of his two brothers with rienzi and thinking the occasion promising for plunder rienzi threw him into prison together with his brothers and he was executed on august twenty ninth rienzi had at first been received with a certain enthusiasm and there seemed to be a hope of his being able to restore the papal authority but his popularity was shattered against the rock which had proved fatal to so many who had attempted to establish their power in italy the italian people were ready to treat with everything but taxes rienzi was obliged to raise the salt tax and to put a new tax upon wine the consequence of this was that in september thirteen fifty four a tumult broke out in the streets of rome the people assembled before the castle of st angelo and in the piazza colonna marching together to the capital they cried mora lo traditore colla di rienzo mora lo traditore che ha fatto la gabella death to the traitor rienzi death to the traitor who has imposed the tax on salt rienzi attempted to address the crowd but the rioters knew too well the power of his eloquence stones and arrows were thrown at him as he stood in his senatorial robes with the banner of the people in his hand the mob set fire to the palace rienzi escaped to the upper stories and there blackened his face changed his clothes and attempted to escape the gold chains which still encircled his arms betrayed his identity he then boldly avowed who he was for nearly an hour he stood facing the mob clad half in the garb of royalty and half in the rags of a barber's boy still all hesitated to lay a hand upon him until cecio del vecchio thrust his sword into his belly his head was then cut off his body dragged about the streets on the third day the colonna had his corpse carried to the campo d'augusto where it was burned by jews on a heap of dry thistles End of section fourteen